When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching and listening to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, talking all things college football. And now the season is over. We might have some other spicy topics to get into. Uh, but this is our first show. Are Why we doing this on YouTube? How is what are we yeah. doing new today, TJ? Explain. But that's it pretty us. much it. That that's the only thing that's different. It's taking off of Twitter and put on YouTube. See if that's any different. So people ask, so you used to be able to like comment from Twitter, but you can't do that mm-hmm. anymore. Right. So, um, anyway, we'll see how that this saves goes. you from all the mean comments. So I feel like that should have been a win for you, but I feel like here we are. I don't know. It's a good year for me. I feel like this would have been a good, good time for people to be able to comment this year, but all good. Excited to be here. Uh, let's give a quick shout out. If you're watching this for the first time on YouTube, if you're checking it out, um, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Appreciate that. Um, Big shout out to Greg Brunt and the team over at Brunt Insurance. You can give them a call at 954-589-2204. Give any insurance needs anywhere from Tallahassee to the Keys. Get you taken care of in the state of Florida. Um, home, car, boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever you are looking for, whatever you're needing to get insured, give the team at Brunt Insurance a call. 954-589-2204. Ask the chat with Greg so that you can talk a little sports and then get your um, insurance needs taken care of. Okay, so we talked about this last week. The Jaden Rashada saga is winding down at UF. Um, There were reports last week that he asked to be let out of his NLI. And I, well, yeah, yeah. They were refuted. Um, LOI. Didn't happen. Yeah, but it appears now he has asked for his release from UF. It sounds like they'll give it. It sounds like they're probably ready for this black eye to, to be over go too. away. But that hasn't happened yet from what I've been told. Should, I would think, within the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, not great for UF just overall. I do have a take that this could be good in the long term. But now that this is finally over, what are your what are your big takeaways here? What are your thoughts okay. on the Rashada situation? Well, I do actually think that this is better in the long run because I think there's a lot of red flags for, for me anyway and, and for a university that I care about for Rashada, I think. And and listen, this may not be something that is uh, specific just to him, right? Like we are in an era where recruits care about money more than they care about the name on the front of the jersey. That does not mean I have to like it. And I do wish that we lived in a world where, you know, you're trying to get yours, but you also are taking into consideration the university you're committing to, the degree you're going to be working towards and things like that. We're just not in that moment right now, but it's, and it frustrates me that we're not. I think it's good in the long run because I'm kind of glad he's not going to be wearing a Gator uniform for the next three to four years. But the biggest issue and the biggest takeaway with this is perception is reality 
in a situation like this. I think that there's a lot of details that almost no one knows. I think that, you know, a few people at the Gator Collective, I think a few people at the University of Florida and Rashada's family are probably the only ones that really know all of these details. Um, we heard today uh, from a pretty reliable UF source, uh, Chris Doring. He said that Rashada was, uh, that basically he was told on December 7th, Rashada was told on December 7th that they were not going to come to the table with the amount of money that they had previously discussed. He still signed on December 21st. Now, do I know if that's true or not? I don't. Chris Doring's a pretty good and close person to the program in the collective. I would let, I, I would assume that most of what he says is usually pretty accurate. But again, perception is reality. This does not look good for UF. I also don't really think it looks great for Rashada. I don't I don't think it helps Rashada because now he's not in spring practice somewhere for any program. Um, so now the soonest he'll be able to enroll is summer, wherever it is that he ends up deciding to go. So like, that's not great for him. I can't, I mean, there's a few programs that will come to the table with the amount of money that supposedly UF was coming to the table for, but lots of those filled the position of need when he, when he went elsewhere. So I don't know what kind of opportunities for him will exist at the programs that he was interested in going to before he committed to Florida. I have a feeling Miami will take him no matter what. And he kind of seems like he might fit in there. So like, maybe that'll work out. But, you know, if you end up at an Arizona state um, because you couldn't work out this deal, is that really better for you? I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I think it is. I just feel like there's not, there's probably a lot of blame to go around in this. I don't think we know the whole story. I, in terms of perception, I don't think it really matters though. It just doesn't look good. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. If like, you know, the, the numbers that have been rumored and some people that, you know, I think are fairly reliable within the Gators mm -hmm. media landscape have somewhat pointed those numbers too, but the insane numbers that have been talked about, um, we're not going to be paid by Florida, but they're not going to be paid by anybody else either. And so I think that, you know, this idea that, I don't know, I guess my thought would be, if you're not going to make that insane money anyway, like maybe why not stay with like Florida, probably whatever Florida's counter was or whatever they said, like, okay, well, here's what they're, we're going to pay you is probably fairly competitive toward everybody else. And so I don't know. Like you, at one point of me has to um, kind of like stand your ground and do what you think is right. Like if somebody was offering to sell you a house, right. And they offered to sell you that house for the house is worth 300,000, but they offered to sell it for a hundred thousand and you agreed. And then they, you know, renegotiated and said like, no, it's going to be 200,000. So you were still getting a really good deal, but the people still like backed out on their original thing. Would you be mad enough to just walk away from it? Or would you say like, Hey, I'm still getting a really good deal. Or would you feel like there was a lack of trust there? Would you feel like they had maybe screwed you over? I don't know. That's kind of my thought with Rashada here is, do you think that he could have just taken the deal and, and been in the best situation? I don't know. I mean, you know, that that's kind of at that point, that's asking him what, what, what's best. And, um, you know, it's on him to, kind of figure that out. But I do agree. I think it's as Ali comes back here just shortly. I do think it's certainly a black eye. Um, uh, I think it's something that 
doesn't look good for the University of Florida one way or the other. Um, I think it's something they've got to figure out pretty quickly because, like you said, perception is reality here. And I also think that you've got other recruits that see this. And what are their thoughts? What, what do other recruits think? What um, do kids in future classes think? Um, how you know? Are there kids in the locker room now that are thinking like, okay, well, why was he offered this much money, and am I going to get paid? And stuff? so I do think that you have to kind of figure all that stuff out. Um, me. Um, so yeah, I mean, certainly not a good look, certainly not what UF wanted here. Um, Ali's joining back real quick. So give me just a sec. Um, while you're here, hit that thumbs up button and hit the subscribe button. We certainly would appreciate that. Uh, let's see here. Oh man, technical difficulties. I have to cancel Allie for this. But yeah, not a great thing for UF here. I do think it's probably what's best in the long run. Um, I want to get this takeoff while Allie's out on. So let me see if she can join back from her phone. See if this will end up being better. We'll try and roll with this for a minute. All right. Does this work? A little bit better. If you can turn it sideways, it'll right. put you in the full box. Yeah, that's my favorite. All right. All right. So hopefully that okay. So here's the take. I think this is I think this is not. I think what it does signal is there's a lot of reports and there's a lot of people saying that this was an NIL issue. Mm -hmm. Um it it does signal that UF needs to get that figured out because perception yeah. is reality. Whether or not it was, whether or not wherever you put like the majority of the blame, yeah, they've got to get it figured out because you've got right. other recruits that are seeing that. You've got other, I mean, like if I'm the five star kid that's committed to the 24 class, right? Am I immediately saying, like, uh, okay, is my check going to be there when I get there? Yeah, what's going on? Well, so I think that that stuff needs to get figured out pretty quickly. Um, I mean, I agree, I think that UF needs to st take a step in the right direction um, with NIL. I do think like, okay, so if on December 7th, it was pointed out, and this is conjecture on my part based on the few details that we do know, right? So let's say on December 7th, they're like, oh man, that contract I sent you over, there was a misprint, there was an extra zero, there was a this, whatever. This was wrong. Um, so listen, don't sign that. We there's no way that that can be the number for us. You know, we'll, we'll work it out though or whatever. And so then Rashada then says like, okay, no problem. We'll work it out and signs with UF. I don't, I would love to know what number he thought he was getting versus what number UF thought they had handshake agreed on prior to, you know, this paperwork being wrong, which is what the rumor was, is that the paperwork was, was printed wrong. But if you have those two weeks and you, 
you know, did he think he was going to be able to back UF into a corner and then they were going to agree to the original number that was on the contract that like they said from the beginning was not actually an option and was a misprint? Did UF make it seem like, okay, well, let me just see if we can come up with the money. Just go ahead and sign with us. We can probably swing this. We'll just get back to you kind of thing. Like, I would love more details, but I do think that it, it sends the message that UF needs uh, more NIL direction, more NIL savvy. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know that prior to NIL, a behind the scenes conversation was always that like UF powers that be really didn't let coaches cheat in the way that they wish that they could and in the wish that in the way that some other programs do. I don't know if that's still kind of the pervasive attitude with NIL. I mean, in all reality, this is pay for play, right? Like if you have a deal in place with a high school kid prior to him stepping foot on your field, that is not legal. There is nothing about that that is legal. That is in place literally all over college football. That's what we just did on December 21st. But none of that is is legal. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe UF needs to realize if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and this is what everybody else is doing. And this is what we have to do to be competitive. I don't, I don't know. I think so, since he's in, we learned. yeah, well, so, since he's in California, they can just NIL him like NIL is legal out there. And so yeah. that's why they, that's why they actually can pay him early. Like there was a report that the Gator Collective had to um, pay John Ruiz back for some of the money that was given to Rashada up front. Um, I wonder we, if that's true. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard from a couple of people that kind of said like, yeah, I mean, essentially, like they had, you know, Miami had paid Rashad up front, uh-huh. and then when he wasn't gonna be in Miami, they said, okay, well, you owe us that money back. And he was like, no, right. he's gone, dog. Like, what do you, what do you mean that that money's not coming back? So I think. In order to not get sued there, I, I think that UF step, yeah. not UF, but you know the collectives or, or whoever, right? right. Like, I don't know exactly who's pulling the strings here, but um, had to pay some of that, right? Like almost, right. I mean, but it'd be the same thing as buying out a contract, right? Like if right. some other coach wanted to build, you know, some other school yeah, wanted to build Napier right now. And I get what you're saying about legal in this part, but it's not legal per NCAA rules, which I know aren't being enforced. But like yeah. it doesn't. But is but is a third part, and, and that that was my take today. But is a third party they're not affiliated with the school. So like they can do it. I mean, we all know know what's going on, but that's without permission from the universities. So, but that's what, but they're able to do it. I mean, that's kind of the wild west. I wish that we got a little bit more guidance uh, on this so that it can be reined in a little bit. I'm also interested to see what happens. Let's say three to four years from now, when all of these players that took all of this money up front don't pan out. Some of them won't pan out. I mean, that is literally how college football works is that you have four and five star guys who end up being, you know, look like Tarzan play like Jane and don't pan out for these universities. So then what, and are these, are these John Ruiz of the world and uh, Gator collective and whatever else then become gun shy on uh, the fact that there's not a big return on investment in a lot of these cases. Um, I mean, I think it's like anything else, right? It's like a coach. You buy them out. Of, I'm sure they'll start putting buyouts and everything else in it, right? Like, you know. just ruining my sport, and I don't like it. Oh, uh, it's not um, in the sport. It's just so. It's just now in the light. I think. Um, where does UF go now for a quarterback? Where Where does UF go now for a quarterback? Because um, I I think this really okay. So like, not to 
not to play all the bloom and doom and gloom game, but what you love to do with UF stuff. So don't even t- act like, this but if we're being honest here, like UF's not in a choice. good spot, UF's not in a good spot at quarterback. You've got to transfer Graham Mertz that if he hits his absolute ceiling, they'll have him for a year. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of excitement around Jack Miller taking over in a year or so, but like, there's nobody on the roster for Sam the future. Max, uh, I believe Max oh, Brown come as on. well. Like, listen, none doesn't... of these quarterbacks are somebody that we're super duper excited about. But Florida has recruited. If anybody, if anybody, if any of those guys you just mentioned start in 2024, it'll be Billy's last year. Like I truly I believe mean, that. I can see a scenario. I... Well, here's the deal, though. <laughs> So Florida just signed multiple offensive line transfers. They also signed offensive linemen right out of high school. Really big guys. Florida's offensive line has the potential to be as good as it was last year, which is saying something because it's the best offensive line Florida's put together in a decade, right? They also have some stud running backs. Florida only needs a game manager at quarterback. So if Graham Burtz comes in or Jack Miller's the guy or Mac Br- Max Brown is the guy, he does not have to be great. He has to be a game manager. I don't think you have to worry about that. I, I mean, you know, look, I hope he is great. But there's let's not pretend that there are not great college football teams that run a game manager. Truly, until the last probably six or seven years, that's all Alabama did was have a game manager at quarterback. I think that Florida obviously Florida's the talent around is, the talent around him was much different than what's at UF. Though. I mean Florida's gonna Florida returns two of the best running backs in the conference. They have recruited well at wide receiver. They are they return there's a lot of young talent. guys at wide receiver because yeah. outside of Ricky it's just young guys. They've got so you're hoping the true so you're hoping the true so you're hoping the true freshman can come in and be all I mean, Ricky Pearsall will be one. Really but, good. That's uh, it. And we've got two really good running backs and a good offensive line. I am far less concerned about Florida's offense not knowing who the quarterback is than I am about Florida's defense. Florida's I think the offense so, so the, from their defense next year. The offensive line, I mean, we'll see what the portal guys do, but they lost four of six, of their top six offensive linemen this year. So I don't they, I mean I don't know I don't know that you can and, I don't know that you can just job in the transfer portal last year for offense. I don't, I don't know that you can just say Florida's offensive line is going to be really good this year. I think you at least have to see it. They have, they have the potential to be as good. I think they do. I don't know about that. That's crazy. We're going to see. I also think again, you also, you also lost a generational quarterback. No, we didn't. That's not a generational quarterback. <laughs> that's what you guys said. I didn't say did that. that. Did those words ever come out of my mouth on this that's show? What, that's what they were saying. They had him in the did, Heisman and everything. Did did I? Did that ever come out of my mouth? I, it might have. I'm only Shut one AirPod in, so up. I'm not You know that sure. never once came out of my mouth. I was okay. never a particularly large Anthony Richardson so, fan. So UF's probably going to go about 6-6 six and six this year. What is your concern level for 2024? Like, where do you think he has to, like, honestly, like, so that's a little bit of a joke, but over the next two years, how many wins do you think Billy Napier needs Um, over the next two years combined? Combined? I mean, I, I, if, if Billy can win seven to eight games next year, he's got to win 10 the year after that. That's That's what Mike did. That's what Mike did. That's what he's got to do. Uh, Mike didn't win six games his first year. One 10 games his third year. 
His third you know, year, yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's I, you know, I don't and think still hasn't I don't really think anybody the recruiting thing. I don't think and, anybody really gets on I don't think anybody really gets on um what the first year of any coach does, right? No, no. I mean you, you it is a and Force also only played like nine games that year. Had a bunch of games canceled. Like they didn't play the full like I know he won three, but they, they didn't play the full twelve games. I think their last like four games were canceled. Um but yeah, he got to 10 wins in year three. So I mean, I think if Billy can do that, that'd I think, be good. I, I mean, I think I I think he has to do that. Or I think that he is potentially fired after year three. And again, I've said this on the show a million times, but for anybody that's new that's watching, I don't think that that is fair. But I think that's the way that college football works at the University of Florida. You have to show market improvement year after year, or you will be gone. And I I hope that they give him time to fully get his guys in there, run his system, see what he can do recruiting wise, because at some point you got to give somebody time to develop. And I think that Billy Napier is a really good CEO and I'm excited to see what he can do. But I honestly think next year's got to improve, got to improve the year after that. Is there a scenario if he loses nine games, will he be fired after year three? Probably not. But I don't think, I think nine's probably the floor. And it, it, it will depend on what shakes out with injuries and things like that. But, like, UF is not patient. Fans aren't patient. I don't think the administration has proven to be patient. We'll have a new president at that point. I will be interested to see if Strickland is still UF's uh, AD. If he's not, I think that that makes it even harder for Napier because then he's not his AD's guy, um, which, uh, you know, is just another added layer. But, you know, maybe a new AD comes in and gives him more room to – work with NIL and, and who knows, but at right now, Billy Napier should look at it as I have three years and I've already spent one of them. And yeah, because I, like I said, I don't necessarily think, think it gets a ton easier. I do think that first game of 2024, do you know who that's against? Of 2024? No. And I'm play Miami first game. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, They also play UCF that year. And of ah. course, Florida State. So, um, so we'll know who the true champion of the state is that year. Uh, I don't know. Probably, yeah, maybe. But it is cool that everybody plays everybody. Yeah. Um, That's fun. I don't know. So, I truly do think, I, you know, we've talked about next year's schedule. I think that next year, as long as he gets to like, honestly, I think as long as he gets to six, he's fine. Like, if they could go six and six. And be fine. I think. I don't think they're. I think fire they could potentially six, and six, but the seat is real, real hot. At six yeah, because gives you less then, leeway in year three. If you because then going six. into twenty, like right now, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I there's nothing that tells me that Billy Napier is a better on-field coach right now than Mario Cristobal, right? Like I think it's about the same. Like I don't think either one of them is a better like. I don't think know, it's game day on-field but. coach. I don't know. We we complained a lot about a lot of. Billy's mistakes this year like you know as far as time management or going for two or fourth down calls and stuff like that and so I think it's a I think it's fairly similar like I don't think either one of them's great I don't think either one of them's terrible but what I do know is that Miami seems to be training the right way in recruiting that you just brought up they're training the with, right way prior to with, the season too that's why they crowned themselves champion of the state and said they were going to go to the ACC title game and you know whatever with, else that they said with the Rashada loss this bumps Billy back to, I think, the 13th or 14th ranked class. I don't 
and that's Rashada was going to play this year, regardless, just for the record. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But Mullen never had the 14th ranked class, you know, and certainly not in his bump year. I think his best year was eighth or ninth. What and, about uh, uh, Norvell? Norvell's best class is this year's 18th. Hmm. Interesting point of note. Continue. I mean, Norvell's also won 10 games and nobody's mm-hmm. gotten. Still won, won 10 games and can only get to 18 still. So is he on the hot seat? Um, do you have you ever seen a coach that got fired based solely on his recruiting ranking and not the yeah. wins on the field? I yeah. Mean, I mean, I feel like who that, that? Be, argument can be who, pretty well made for Dan who, Mullen. I mean, what did Mullen? What did UF have when Mullen got fired? Like four or five wins? I think that had something to do with the on the field. I mean, but he made the a uh, New Year's Six yeah, Bowl I, the two years prior to that. So what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I think it's all about winning. I think. I think that if Norvell was to win 10 games for the next five years and not recruit better than 15th, he would still have a job. So if Napier wins 10 games for the next five years, it doesn't matter where his recruiting class stands? Correct. Yeah. 100%. I don't think that's the case. (laughs) I do. 100%. Yeah. I think think that wins on the field are what matters. I think wins on the field. And I also think we're entering a new – we're entering a very new time right now where – High school recruiting is not the only – it's right. still, to me, the most important, but it's not the only thing. Right. Like right now, combined recruiting and transfer, Norvell has a better class than Napier does. Yeah. And when you're adding talent to a roster, you know, I know we like I to – I mean, that, to, that's just – I mean, that's – When you're when you're adding talent to a roster – all the time. That's – you pick your pick you're, the stat that works best for Florida State. When – I didn't – I mean, we, we love the high school recruiting – but when you're adding talent to a roster, is it not both? I mean, or does the recruiting? I don't remember all, Mullen getting a lot of credit for that. So I think it's a pretty Which different. Tr- I mean, I'm not the one that really fired well. Mullen. I yes, I think you guys downgraded too. Like you don't have to. You don't have to tell me on this. Like yeah, I think Mullen was the better coach. Like you know, I wasn't the one that fired him. You guys were. I think I'm they should have kept it. Mullen. I think that Mullen, with a figured out nil, this is maybe this is a hot take. I think Mullen with an NIL that's actually working properly, which no shots at anybody involved. UF's clearly is not. Um, but Mullen with an NIL that actually works with the resources that Florida has would have been just fine. Like I think it'd have been elite. Oh, I think I think, they, I think they would be. And so, fine. like they fired a, a guy, they fired stuff. a better, they fired a better coach for a lesser coach that they thought could recruit better, and didn't give him all the didn't didn't put gas in the tank for. Him. Like they put didn't give him an NIL that actually worked. Put all gas in the tank. So yeah. here's the here's and he and recruited worse a, and he recruited worse than Mullen is both of his first well, two years. I mean, it's not a it's not over yet. And I think Napier is a better CEO. And I think Napier is a more dedicated recruiter. I do think Mullen is a better game day coach. I think both staffs have been handcuffed by the way the university. Uh, wants NIL handled. And I think that at some point they do have to kind of look inward and say like, you know, we're, we're placing the blame in all the places except for looking in the mirror. And we may not be able to get to that goal, whatever that goal is, whether that's SEC championships, national championships, whatever it is, without changing internally 
what is going on with the university, our stance on things, what we will allow, what we won't allow, because it, I mean, it does handcuff the stuff staffs. I know for a fact Mullen was incredibly frustrated with the way the university handled NIL. Now, do I know if that's what made him burnt out on recruiting? I don't know that for sure. Mm, that you, you can make. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, um, I, I think that played a part, but I still think Billy Napier will end up being a better recruiter than Den Mullen because he cares about it more. He's more invested in it. And I think he's a better CEO. I think Dan Mellon's better game day coach. I think both of them would be better off with UF having NIL completely handled and, and uh, had some leadership on it from the university. I mean, I hope because it feels like right now, like you said, I, I mean, I hope for his sake, I do think Billy's going to be a good coach. And so I kind of do hope you guys keep screwing him because I think that he will be a good coach. I don't think he's going to be as good as Mullen was, um, but I think he'd be a good coach. Um, I'm interested to see what the rest of the SEC continues to do. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, in, in a, in a, I mean, the SEC East for, for quite a while was, was pretty bad. Um, but they, you know, obviously Georgia's the, the class of college football yeah, and Tennessee, Tennessee has a South Carolina, and they're turning it on. Yeah. South Carolina has decent money. They're turning it on. South Carolina is um, a, I, I mean, I think, man, like that, I think that South Carolina game is is tricky for you guys next year. I certainly don't think you guys blow them out by thirty again this year. Um, you didn't think that was going to happen this year either. I, I mean, I don't think anybody did. To be very honest with you, I don't think <laughs> I don't think there was a person in America that thought that was going to happen. But I think South Carolina will be a better team this year. I'm just not yeah. convinced that UF will be a better team, and we'll see. We shall see. We got nine months to fight about this. I don't know. Okay, last thing I got on the Rashada thing. We kind of bounced around here. I don't know that I buy that there was, it was a clerical error. I don't know that I buy that. Well, even if it wasn't a clerical error, or if he was alerted to it two weeks before signing day and still signed with Florida, I would love to know the why of that. So here's how it played on my mind, right? This is my like this is my version of events. This is your worst possible scenario for UF. Go. It's really not. Like I just think that. I think that whether it was a clerical error or not, which I don't buy that at all, um, just based on some things that I've been told. I don't, but let's say it was clerical error or not. He got the contract, contract signed by both sides. Um, Realize there's an issue. We don't actually know that it was signed by both sides, by the way. I Okay, so that's true. I've heard it was, but in the state of Florida, if you send a contract um, and someone like, like there's, there are some laws in contract law that are basically just around the fact of like, once you send and open and receive, like, and then you start operating under that contract, you've essentially signed it, right? Like once you start either making payments or anything happens that would assume that contract has begun, you've begun it. As a sender, if you send it off and then it's signed, it doesn't really matter if you countersign it. You know what I'm saying? Like you were the sender, you're you're obli- you're you're obligated under that most of the time under Florida law. All that said, contract goes out. I've heard it was signed. I've heard it was signed by both people. And then two weeks later, or just you know, whenever, however many weeks later, December seventh, they realize there's an issue, and he goes back. 
it gets to signing day. Remember, he was the last person to sign, and yeah. Napier had to delay the press conference. Mm-hmm. I think they knew that issue then, and that's why I don't think it was a clerical error because I don't, I don't know. For me, for for me, it doesn't really make a lot of. Well, let's go back on this. So, my theory is they just told him like, "Hey, we're gonna figure this out. This is gonna get done." I I'm not saying that they told him like, "Yeah, yeah, we're gonna pay you the full 13 million." I think what it was was convincing all day his family to say, no, 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 we got you. Get it signed. Let's not run. Let's not make this a black eye for us. Let's not make this a black eye for you and make it awkward where you have to then put your. And I think that's probably the most plausible explanation of why he was the last to sign. Why Napier had to delay his press conference. It wasn't any big strategic thing. It was literally just like, hey, we don't have this figured out right now, but we will get it figured out before you have to enroll. Like we'll. We'll get it all figured out then. And I'm sure the Rashad just kind of thought like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get it figured out before then. Like, we'll get it done. Maybe they thought that them actually signing would give them the leverage to do it because once you've signed, you know, certainly Florida isn't going to want you to not be part of that class. So my whole thought on the whole signing day thing was literally just I'm sure they told him like, hey, dude, we'll figure this out. We'll get this done before. But so my my question about that then is if you signed a contract that said you were you were getting 13 million dollars and whatever else, wouldn't would you not want to sue for that money if the other party then came back and told you like, oh, never mind. I don't have the money. I'm not going to pay you or uh, this was a mistake or whatever was told. I just. I find it interesting that we haven't heard anything about like, uh, no, you're paying us anyway. You signed it. This is what it is. It's an active contract. You owe us $13 million. So I just find it hard to believe that if there was the opportunity to get $13 million anyway, that they would walk away from that. Cause Hey, let's say he doesn't even play college football. If he's still got $13 million, like if he doesn't even play this year, let's say Florida doesn't let him out of his letter of intent. It doesn't really matter if they were able to get $13 million out of it. That might be worth your, uh, sitting, you know, at home in California for a year. So I just feel like there's, there is a reason that his family hasn't tried to actually collect on the $13 million. And well, if the if whoever signed that other side of the contract doesn't have the thirteen million dollars, suing them for it doesn't really do a lot of good because you're just yeah, gonna bankrupt. You're just gonna bankrupt the company. You sue them and you get ten. You. Sue uh, them and I mean, you I think if they had ten, you know, like that, and that's the point, right? I've heard, I've heard things about like you know, eventually it may not be with this situation. Eventually, you will have one side suing the other for the money, but Rashada does that, and he's not going to school anywhere, right? And then say you lose. The settle, like, say you don't win, right? Say you yeah. don't, then you're out, then you're really screwed, right? And say you do win the, say you do get 10. And so, what's that equal out to, right? Like, so that's really six once you pay. So, what you it, get right? six million dollars, you sit for a year and you sign with Arizona. State oh, who's signing him after that, though? Like, no, no, like, he's no, done. No, like, that's, that's the end true. of it. Nah, that's the end First of, of all, it. Dion might take, Dion, Dion might take him. That's the only one. I've heard Miami's not. I've heard I've heard that bridge is too burned. I don't think mm-hmm. I I don't think that's like he's not going. I mean I will sit here and eat crow of abs, but I've heard that bridge is. is I did. Burned. I have heard it by multiple people. His dad referred to as a pimp, uh, in the way that he's handled this, and that like Ooh. a lot of this is not Shots even. Fired. Uh, what? Shots fired. I, I, I've heard that this is a lot about the adults in the room and not a lot about the college athlete whose career is at stake in the room. And that is kind of sad. Uh, if that's, 
actually the case, but I'll be interested to see where he goes, follow his career, see what happens. Um, I, I, there was a reporter this week that said that like, as soon as he committed to Miami and having a conversation with him, he said uh, that he really wanted to go to Florida, uh, but that his dad wanted him at Miami for NIL stuff. So, I, I mean, it, it, uh, it is sad when parents drive the ship for, uh, college athletes. I don't know for sure if that's what happened, but it definitely seems that way. But listen, like, like I mean, he's 18. Is he 18? Is he 18? I don't know. I don't know. But when I, when you were a senior in high school, did it matter if you were 18 or not? When your parents told you you were doing something? I mean, I he's not in high school. It matter in my house. I mean, he's not. I mean, if I had 13 million dollars, bro, I wouldn't be living in my house anymore. Um, my my uh, my yeah, parents. Out. My parents most certainly. <laughs> it was you live under my house. These are these are my rules. It did not matter. Yeah. 17, 18. I'd have been I'd have been jumping out of there with that kind of money. But yeah, like I'd have been like, no, nah, dude, I'm making the rules here at that point. Yeah, well, don't know that I that I believe that that happened. But you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, again, perceptions, reality. I don't really think anybody walks away smelling like roses. I don't think it looks good for anybody. I don't involved. think it's great for him. I agree with that. Um, I don't think it's great for him either. So this is the I'll thing your your internet your internet cut out a little bit when I said this, but I just wonder if it was just such a lack of trust at that point is why Maybe. he ended up walking away. Because I do think you have probably countered with a lower number, right? Whatever that number was. And it's probably, I would assume it's pretty comparable to what he was getting off. What he would, he'll get wherever he goes somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Like, and so why not just stay at you up? That's also why I don't really buy that. It was a clerical error. Like if you had to beat out Miami for a number it was at 1.3 million. Like, come on. Like, this wasn't the thing. And so if it was also contracts aren't written like that, like tr- contracts aren't written, What you know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. would have, you know, with, and what this contract would have said, it's not like a, th- this is also why I don't buy the clerical error thing. It would have listed out and labeled out everything, right? Yeah. This much up front, this much year one, this much year two, this much year three, this much year four. It would not have just said, Sign with Florida, 13 million, four years. You know, like it would have. And so if right. there would have been a clerical error and the contract would have um, uh, contradicted itself, right? Like, so like say it was for sake of argument, 13 million and the contract for the four years added up would have added up to like 5 million or something like that. The contract would have just been null because it would have been contradicting Corvani itself. McLean so, just flipped to I saw Colorado, that to Colorado. Yeah. I love that. I love when both of my rivals lose their top recruits in the uh, in the same offseason. It's payback from last year. Uh, uh, well, that's, why, that you- that's why I don't. That's why I don't buy it's a clerical error because the contract would have made in more detail when the payments were being made, how much the payments were being made, and so there's well, no way. I that don't that think would that we will ever fully know um, everything that went down. At least publicly, we won't be able to talk about whatever uh, whatever went down. But again didn't look great for anybody. And I think UF needs to put some real time and effort and resources into figuring out this NIL and how, where they want to be as a player on this college football stage. And so that takes some, you know, soul searching from on the university's part. Um, But I don't overall think that it's, I don't think it's a loss for the app for not having him here as an athlete. I think the loss comes from how that's going to be negatively spun by people that are recruiting against you that are your rivals that are that are going to point to this and oh yeah they offered you that they're not really going to play you did you see what happened uh 
with Rashada. Uh, so, uh, so you don't think it's a loss at all for him not being there? Like I said, Florida I, doesn't I, have a quarterback for next year. I think there's a little but bit But he of a wasn't loss starting there. next year no matter what, I don't 2024 think. 2024 he wasn't? No, no, 2024. Like I think I, now Florida I mean, now I think there's a little bit more desperation on Billy to land a portal quarterback. Yeah. For next well, year. And I and that wasn't and that wasn't does, there. Yeah, if Rashada wasn't Mertz sucks. Like we don't have to play this game. Like we see what he does this year or next year. But I mean, we've had portal quarterbacks not do well. Just not even having the depth. Well, like Joe Burrow comes to mind. I mean, there's. I mean, there's, not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know. I'm just saying. You guys I, can hit the lottery be, like that. No, I mean, Burrow wasn't was as bad as Mertz. The transfer. Um, I, I, and all he has to do is be serviceable. Right, but you still have to have the depth. Like you still got to go out and get a portal quarterback now because he doesn't have another guy in the room. Speaking One of, well, he I'm has sorry, three speaking guys for 2024. He has, Mil- uh, he has Miller. He's got Max that one Brown. kid's going to quit and play baseball. I can tell. And he's got a uh, Mertz, and then probably a handful of walk-ons. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Old Miss will probably have a quarterback available after spring since they took three transfer quarterbacks. Uh, I think I think he just did that to keep you guys from getting anybody. I literally think that that's probably the case. Lane, that's pretty bad. So his recruiting pitch was just basically let's screw over Florida and these kids wouldn't come to you guys. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think that was his pitch, but I think uh, <laughs> it was more effective than Billy. It was like I'm your backup plan. I can tell. I don't really want to be your backup plan. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out there. And if somebody's available after spring, I mean, coming in after spring is a little late to contribute. I would think in the fall, because you still have to learn the whole system, but you definitely can contribute depth wise, but we're going to see, we're going to see. I don't think that Florida will be that bad off at quarterback this year, because again, I think they just need a game manager. I don't think that it is the loss that people think it is. I think the perception is far more damaging than the actual player not ending up on your roster. Um, but I feel like we've beat a dead horse with this. And now at this point, we just kind of have to sit back, see what happens with the shot see what happens with Mertz and UF and, you know, their quarterback room. And it is what it is at this point. I'd rather it be you guys than be though. So that's totally fine here. Um, Tom Brady sucked the other night. Do you watch that? Yeah. Tom Brady looked 45 the other night. It's got to be over, right? Like that's got to be the last ride. So at least I Tampa. think one, it's all, well, maybe at least in Tampa, unless they oh, hire O'Brien as the offensive coordinator or something. Um, I think the hardest thing for athletes is knowing when to, to hang it up. Right. Like I used to tell Eric, like I used to call him Peter Pan. It's Peter Pan syndrome. Like you don't, this is fun. This is a game. This is, you are hyper competitive. You love this sport more than anything else, but knowing when to hang it up, like Brett Favre struggled with that. Like, I feel like every, uh, most players struggle. With My guy didn't struggle with that. Kobe didn't struggle with that. He knew when it was time to go. Shout Very few do though. I don't think that that many athletes are introspective enough to know when He's it's a time to kind of that. person though. So that kind of makes sense. Um, so, I mean, I, you would think the experiments done in Tampa, I mean, Bucks let go of literally half their coaching staff, uh, today so i think that depending like when when they hire offensive coordinator they hire o'brien they're trying to keep brady around a little bit longer they hire johnson they're trying to develop trask into the the future um i you know i think that you can look at guys and uh, that they hire or don't hire for offensive coordinator and see where where 
uh, leadership thinks the franchise is headed. Yeah. He should have, I mean, he had a chance to go out the greatest way ever. I know. One year, came here, mm-hmm. Super Bowl, in your hometown. Gave up hometown. his marriage for it. I know. Threw his family away for, what did we go, 8 and 10? Yeah, that was um, dumb. Bad trade there. Lost. A lot of the first lot, round. good, obviously very good quarterback, not a great GM because that was a pretty bad yeah. trade. Yeah. Uh, gave up a supermodel to get bounced in the first round to finish yeah. under 500. Big UF vibes there. Um, all right, you got anything else before <laughs> the under five? Listen, I think UF has a good chance to go under 500 again next year. Just I just can't wait until FSU doesn't complete the climb after seeing all this garbage. Uh, on which I'm sure is going to get worse over the next nine months. I would like to say, uh, did you see Travis Hunter's tweets today? I didn't. No. Uh, well, he really uh, college kids. They all suck. I not don't know guys. how it not, ended up on my time. Not our guys, of course. Didn't. Not our guys. Our guys are great, but well, I certainly don't follow him on Twitter, but it definitely <laughs> ended up in my timeline. But uh, basically, uh, tweeting talking smack with some FSU players. Uh, oh, a few weeks and, ago? This was Well, I just saw it today. Oh. So it was in my timeline get, today. You got to get on Twitter more. This was like three weeks ago. I'm on Twitter um, all the time. Well, it was in my timeline today. So maybe it's new. Maybe there's some more today. Um, but No, I didn't. Um, the Dion thing is, is interesting. You think, okay, yeah. So back on FSU, we've talked about Florida for 45 minutes. I'm not the one that has Florida State ranked early in the preseason Way too early preseason polls. I'm not the one that gave Jordan Travis top three Eisman odds, so don't be yelling at me for the hype. You're you're pretty me. pumped about it. You can blame ESPN. Yeah, I did, but I'm not the one ranking them there. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? I'm just a fan. I just show up. You had a vote. I just show. I just show up on Saturdays. I just cheer. You, cheer listen, my little heart. You out. would rank them there if anybody actually asked you. I think Florida State's a top ten team right now. I think I think top five is a little. Whew, that's a little. Uh, they're drinking a lot of the Kool-Aid over there. But I I, yeah. I thought, so when people ask me, I, I was going to say around seven or eight. I thought the LSU game would be like a seven versus nine matchup or like eight yeah. versus six. Like I thought I both teams. I think that's part of why they're hyping it up so much though is that they're going to be, they, they want to try and create a. Well, yeah. And the game doesn't, you know, the rankings don't matter week one anyway, right? Like Florida State's Except in the top. Except for how they hype the matchups. They don't really matter, but they right. matter for how they market the game. So, but if Florida State or LSU wins that game, the other one should be top five. I mean, it should be a yeah. top five team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, like you come in and um, win that game. Hey, uh, Thursday night, I've heard of them making, like you guys played a lot of noon games this year, which was interesting. Obviously, like, you know, big brunch tailgate vibes. But what are your thoughts on this Thursday night game out of Utah? I'm uh, a big well, fan. Personally. No, no, it's it's official. Utah schedule came out. Utah schedule came out, and it says Thursday or Saturday on the schedule. It's definitely Thursday. It has not been officially declared as Thursday. It literally says Thursday or Saturday on the schedule. Um, I don't love a Thursday night game. Uh, the caveat to this one is, I guess it's you know. Look, I'm first... telling you, Florida Gators website. I know you can't pull this. Sorry to interrupt. I know you can't pull this up, but the. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, never mind. You're right. I am right. Oh, weird. I'm right. Okay. Um, I don't love Thursday night games. Uh, I think the one caveat to that is, I guess, if it's the first Thursday night of the whole college football season, then that's kind of fun to kick off that and then enjoy the whole weekend with all of the uh, slate of games. But I was 
hoping to maybe go to that game and it being on a Thursday makes it more Why? of a pain in the Just next do it. to travel to it. Cheaper flights, cheaper flights. School. Skip school. Who cares? Well, I'm not taking them. So it's one day. Well, regardless, uh, I don't love it. I don't love Thursday games. I like the tradition of kicking off the season on you a think Saturday. If UF would but... have actually finished over 500, that they might have let you guys stay on Saturday instead of no. Kicking back I don't think JV? it has anything to do with that. It's the it's I I, I think it, it has everything. I think no, it's not the JV thing. Is that why they didn't have you start on Saturday last year? I think, we were on Sunday. Uh, we were on the NFL. We were on the pro day. Mm, yeah, I think the other it way. has everything to do with the Pac-12, and this is they're we're the people Sunday. in control. If I'm UF, I never agreed to a, a. I for sure would not have agreed to even the possibility of a Thursday night game. But nobody asked me when they negotiated the contract. So, here so I, I don't know. I think it's kind of good. Uh, if you win, because it is going to be the marquee matchup. On, well, not really like last year. Yeah. Cause UF won't be ranked this time, but it is going to be the, It'll matchup, be the marquee that, matchup of that, that day. everyone cares about on Thursday night. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like that Florida state, Florida game, like the Florida state, Florida game this year got better ratings than it's gotten in. Yeah. Forever I honestly didn't because it was on Florida Friday state night, on, uh, Florida on Friday, even though I hated it like all season long. I didn't mind it where it was because I got to watch I liked it. a lot more games the next day, Once. but yep. So I think Florida, cause that Florida Utah game, I don't know. I don't know what the opening week schedule looks like. Like if you go to ESPN, like look at week one, I don't know what that schedule looks like, but I would assume that Florida not returning, you know, maybe the hype that they, had last year maybe that's not as exciting of a game maybe i mean everybody thought buried. florida was gonna lose that game last year so i mean I think I, this hype is a, is in there was a new coach I mean, but a, i don't know florida wasn't ranked florida wasn't i mean it florida wasn't ranked and they were thought that they were gonna lose for sure to you were they not so ranked I they, they were ranked, ranked like 20 second or something no florida was not ranked when they played utah so um I don't know. I just think the fact that you can kind of be on national TV and there's excitement yeah. around that, be the primetime game. I think that's good. I think that's a good thing for you. If you win, if you lose, then everybody watches you lose. And it's not the best yeah. thing, but I think it's a good thing. Plus, if Florida can start winning again, they'll take you guys out of the JV time slot. You're so annoying. <laughs> Um, we had to do four or five years of this show with my team being the worst team. So you're welcome. All right. You got anything else before we get out of here? I think that's about it. All right. If you guys watched, if you listened, hit the subscribe button, thumbs up. If you listen to the podcast later, go to the YouTube. I'll link it in the description and just hit the subscribe button. We'll chop some of this up, make it shorter content throughout the week. We will talk to you guys later. Thank you, Brun Insurance. Again, Greg's number 954-589-2204. See you guys next week. I don't know what we'll talk about. Probably more Rashada and how the Gators think. But other than that, go Noles. Go Gators.